and there's intimacy on the radio and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. And welcome to yet another incredible installment of Cowboy State Politics Live from very high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Today is a momentous day, my friends. Would you like to know why? Well, in one hour, T-minus one hour and counting, I'm going on vacation. It's been quite a long time since I've actually taken more than a day off here or there. So I've got a little trip planned, and I'll be gone for a few episodes. But don't worry, don't worry. I have a fill-in for the program. Representative Ken Pendergraft is going to be filling in for me for some upcoming episodes. It'll be uh, Saturday's installment of Weekend Update, uh, Morning Reload, and then next Wednesday's program. As I understand it, he's got a number of guests lined up. So uh, some people that you don't hear from all that often, and he, being representative, was able to put that all together for you. So uh, anyway, you'll have that to look forward to. Also, if all goes well on my little junket, well, I'll have some exciting news to share with you come when I return next week. It should be a fabulous, fabulous time. Well, we begin this morning in Gillette. They've passed a hate crime ordinance, or what they're calling a hate crime ordinance, from the Pravda on the Platte. From the Pravda on the Platte, that thing gets me every time. And I quote, The Gillette City Council remained split on a proposed malicious harms ordinance, but the group passed it on third reading, third and final reading Tuesday night with a four to three vote. Amendments were made to the ordinance, with the biggest change being the addition of age as a protected class. The votes on the ordinance remained unchanged from the first two readings, with City Councilman Jim West, Billy Montgomery, and Nathan McClelland, and Councilwoman Heidi Gross, I've got something from her coming up here in just a second, voting for the ordinance, and Mayor Shay Lundvall, Councilwoman Trish Simonson, and Councilwoman Tim Carsrud voting against it. They listened to many people make public comment before deliberating and voting on the ordinance, Gross said that she had to vote for what she feels is right and added 
that voting against this ordinance was the easy way out. Simonson disagreed, saying, this was not the easy way out, and it's not an easy decision to make. There's a couple of things you have to remember anytime the left jumps up and says, we need a hate crime bill. First of all, it has nothing to do with hate crime because that's something that doesn't exist. Crime in and of itself is hate. Now, if I uh, assault you, yeah, I'll beat you to a pulp outside of a bar or something. Obviously, I don't like you very much. So wouldn't that act in and of itself be sort of malicious? I think it would be. From the article, Gross opposed the ordinance, or excuse me, Simonson opposed the ordinance because she believes there are laws already in place to take care of that sort of thing. Hmm, you think, huh? And because the ordinance is not going to change the hearts of people that are still treating people differently because of who they are. Well, the councilwoman is exactly correct. We already have laws covering all of this. But what, what hate crime laws really are is an attempt to restrict your free speech because, as written in the law, and I'll get to that here in just a second, or the ordinance, not necessarily the law, is they have to judge intent. Well, what is your intent? Well, that's what you were thinking before you committed the crime. So, in essence, a hate crime bill is one that is meant to police thought. And of course, unless you're in some sort of Tom Cruise movie and or uh, you know some sort of science fiction. Um, movie thought crime is not something that we can prosecute. Now, some of it, some of the proponents of these types of idiocy uh, claim that, well, you know, we have other laws that uh, judge intent. What was the motive behind it? Well, see, motive is different because you can prove that. So, for example, the difference between first degree murder and second degree murder. First degree murder means that you thought about it ahead of time and you planned it out. You premeditated the act and then you carried it out. See, we have, um, and, and in our laws, a lot of them work exactly the same way. The difference between first degree and second degree assault. My point being here is that we have laws covering all sorts of these things. Now, let's get to the ordinance real quick. So from the ordinance, and I quote, 14-42, malicious harms against any person based on, and get this long list, uh, based on race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, ethnicity, national origin, ancestry, or disability. And they amended it to read age. So in either, either way you look at it, any sort of malicious harm would be counted under this ordinance. Doesn't really matter what it is. Doesn't really matter who, matter who you committed it against. Seems to me that we already have laws covering this, but let's get to the specifics here. No person, oh, uh, and this includes to cause physical injury to any other person, huh, seems like assault, cause other person's real or personal property be, to be damaged, that would be uh, property damage, um, vandalized, yep, we have, an, we, we have a statute against that one. Defaced. Yep, that's kind of vandalism. Trespassed upon. Yeah, uh-huh. We have trespass ordinances too, or stolen for any period of time. Yeah, yeah, we have ordinances against theft. Section Subsection three, threaten in any manner to do any act prohibited above if there is reasonable cause to believe that such act will occur. Now, here's where this thing gets really malicious. You see, you have reason to believe that such an act will occur. So if I'm thinking about beating up somebody 
well, then I am guilty of this malicious harm thing, even though I didn't commit any harm whatsoever. I just thought about it. But you see how this goes? Here's the last section here. And this one's kind of long, but just bear with me. Quote, no person intentionally shall intentionally incite or produce imminent lawless violence directed against any other person, group of persons, because of the persons or groups of persons, race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, ethnicity, national origin, ancestry, disability, or age. Additionally, no person shall intentionally attempt to incite or produce imminent lawless violence against any other person or groups of persons because of the other persons or groups of persons, race, color, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, <laughs> ethnicity, national origin, ancestry, disability, or age where such imminent laws of lawless violence is reasonably likely or but fails to occur. So the point here is we're outlawing a second time all of those things that uh, are already against the law. Now, in a previous city council meeting, I believe it was on second reading, we, in a random act of honesty, Councilwoman Heidi Gross told us exactly what she is up to. Get a load of this. Hold on just a second. There we go. Here we go. To set this up, an anti-Semitic flyer was distributed in an entire neighborhood in Gillette. I mean, it's happened in a lot of Wyoming communities. It happened here in Buffalo. Most people completely disregard it as stupid because it is. There are racists everywhere, but they're certainly not a majority. And most people disregard them as the idiots that they are. In any case, Councilwoman Gross begins there with the anti-Semitic flyer. You guys are going to love this. Here it is what's been going on in our community and the latest thing with this anti-Semitic flyer handed out in Westover, I saw that. It was disgusting. And is that the kind of community we want to be? Is that what we want to show our children and grandchildren that behavior like that? Yes, it may be free speech, but is that really what we want? I think we're better than that. I think we're better than free speech, Heidi Gross. Well, let me be the first one to violate your stupid ordinance. You're an idiot if you believe that this ordinance is going to do anything except restrict people's free Interesting thing about the article is it goes on to say that uh, the intent of this thing is not to restrict somebody's thought or prevent them from worshiping in the way that they want to. Well, why wouldn't it? Because you're talking about uh, like restricting somebody's free speech, how they think, what they believe. And the truth is, you can't. And your ordinance just reiterates every dumb thing that that you want to that you want to prohibit. The Gillette City Council should be absolutely ashamed of their themselves without a doubt. Now, this sort of thing has been happening in Wyoming for a very long time. We've had several attempts to restrict free speech under the guise of a hate crimes statute. Back in 2021, there was a hate, and this is the last time a hate crime bill entered the Wyoming legislature, but a group of university, a very enlightened group of University of Wyoming students went to the Judiciary Committee to testify on behalf of this hate crimes bill. Now, just think about everything that I just told you about what a hate crime bill actually is. It's to restrict your freedom of thought and then listen to exactly what this whole hearing devolved into. Just hold on just a second. Proponents of these types of laws point out cases of discrimination which are already against the law. 
And it, they end up going to a very, very dark place, which by definition, they create discrimination in the law itself. It starts at the one hour, 43 minute mark. While this is testimony in favor of House Bill 218, if you've listened to it, you can clearly he hear the bias that that law would create inside Wyoming law. Since there aren't any anti-hate crime laws, they are very limited. Wyoming is one of three states that has no anti-hate crime laws. You would think a lynching that happened in this state would be the reason that an anti-hate crime bill was passed. But no, this state has a history of racism and hate crime. Do you want the state to be always to always be remembered by those same events that took place? It is 2021. It is time we change the state. How many times do we have to sit here and wait for you to do something to protect us legislation wise? You always push it away because you are biased by being mostly white and not accepting the fact that these laws weren't meant for you to ever ignore. We are tired of being ignored and pushed out because it doesn't fit your agenda. You are elected by the people to serve the people. We are the people. Why do you people of color have to depend on white people to be protected? Why do we have to face our oppressors to be protected? Why do we have to beg to be protected? At this point, we might as well start calling all of y'all masses. And that was the calm part. That was the calm part. You're biased against these laws because you're mostly white. Do you see what happened in that committee hearing? And that, that was at the Wyoming legislature in the Judiciary Committee in 2021. You see, all of these hate crime statutes do exactly the opposite of what they claim. They try to restrict your speech and to, uh, I mean, it's honestly, it ends up in reverse racism. And the truth be told is that the least advantaged group of Americans is not African-Americans, it's not gay people, it's not women, it is single white men under the age of 25. And anybody who disagrees with that is flat lying to you. And Heidi Gross is lying to you, and every single person on the Gillette City Council that voted for this stupid ordinance is lying to themselves and every other person in Gillette. Heidi Gross, the Gillette City Council, and all of them should be ashamed of themselves since they stooped to this level and to try to, um, you know, protect people from hate crimes, which don't exist under the guise of, you know, doing something that's right. Their, their ordinance will have absolutely the exact opposite effect. That's all this is. Now, after the break, I'm going to give you an example of what would be considered hate speech under this stupid Gillette statute. Now, do you think that I violated Heidi Gross's dumb ordinance enough? Oh, don't worry. I'm just getting started. And we'll do that after the break. My friends, a lot of people in Wyoming say that we really only have two seasons, winter and construction. And while it's true that winter does consume a large part of our existence here in the cowboy state, I have to beg to differ. I think we do have all four seasons, and sometimes we have them all in the same week. So while you're putting on the chains, trekking through the snow, or wading through the mud, you should really take care of those feet of yours no matter what unfortunate circumstance you've got yourself into. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer, and they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some crew socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring, you should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. 
Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with the really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now, they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. And now, back to the program. Back to the article for just a second. From the Casper Star Tribune, again, Councilwoman, woman, Councilwoman, Councilman West, who voted in favor of this stupid ordinance, told the Star, and I quote, West said the ordinance is not going to infringe upon people's religious rights. Quote, this ordinance does not say we're going to allow or make our pastors marry gay people. It's not going to make our bakers have to bake cakes for people they don't want to, he said, adding that it's not going to force things onto people's lives. We're not trying to say you can't be Christian. We're not trying to make laws that say you can't do the things you still want to do. It's the opposite. How in the heck does he get that? The very intent of his ordinance is to restrict anybody from believing anything that he might disagree with. Now, let me give you an example. From The Blaze this morning, in an article entitled, Matt Walsh offers to respond to Rolling Stone's comment request on one condition. I'll provide a dot, dot, dot. And I quote, Conservative commentator Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire has offered to respond to Rolling Stone's request for comment on one condition. The reporter must define the word woman. Now, of course, you'll remember Matt Walsh. He put together that great movie entitled What is a Woman? If you haven't seen that, you should really go watch it. It's it's incredible how many people refuse to tell him exactly who, who and what a woman is. Anyway, and I quote, this is from an email that was sent to Matt Walsh. Here we go. My name is Nikki McCann Ramirez, and I'm a politics reporter with Rolling Stone. We're reaching out because my colleague E.J. Dixon and I are working on a piece about right-wing influencers increasingly focusing on posting transphobic content. And we are citing Mr. Matt Walsh as an example. As we have noticed, he has centered much of his content around transgender individuals in the last several years. The email read, quote, would he like to provide comment regarding why he has made this topic an area of focus and what initially drew his attention to it? Please let us know by tomorrow, end of day, if Mr. Walsh would like to add anything to our piece, the email said. Walsh offered to furnish a comment, but only if Ramirez first defines woman. Now, you might be asking, and maybe you're not aware of all of this stuff that's going on, but there re it really is a thing when people will not define exactly what a woman is. Now. Not that long ago, Matt Walsh appeared on the Dr. Phil show, and this is part of the movie, too. Uh, but I've, I prepared a quick soundbite for you to, just to show you how ridiculous all of this actually is. Get a load of this. Your definition is that a woman is someone who is female, you said, right? Correct. Gotcha. Is okay. a biological female. So what happens if we have maybe someone who is female, identifies as a woman, right? You know, cisgender woman, right? As you explained, as you just explained, maybe doesn't have the ability to reproduce. 
Well, maybe it doesn't have those organs that you're talking about well, that are reproductive well, organs. I have answered the question. You stood up here and said trans women are women. Yes. Tell me what you mean. What is a woman? Womanhood is something that, just as Ethan explained, I cannot define because I am not but myself. you used the well, word. So what did you mean when you said trans women are women if you don't know what it means? Right. So here's the thing. So I do not define what a woman is because I do not identify as a woman. Womanhood is something that is an umbrella term. It includes people that who... That describes what? People who identify as a woman. I identify as what? As a woman. What is that? Was to each their own. Okay. Each woman, each man, each person is going to have a different relation with their own gender identity and define it differently. Uh -huh. What is a woman? Well, it's, it's a woman. What is a rock? Well, it's a rock. What is a man? Well, uh, uh, we don't know. Well, the series of tweets that followed the reporter's request for comment uh, is actually is absolutely hilarious. Now, here's the first one. And it says, and I quote, we got this email from Nikki McCann, uh, who used to be a shill for Media Matters and has since moved on to being a shill for Rolling Stone. Nikki, I will provide a comment for your hit piece if you can define the word woman. Send me your definition and I'll send my comment. Deal? Well, then she responded, if someone says they're a woman, they're a woman. Not a tough concept. Just like you heard in that soundbite. Here is Matt Walsh's reply. One, that's not a definition. Two, by that logic, anyone can be anything and no words have any meaning. And that is precisely the point, my friends. We're moving into a place where nothing has any meaning, unless you're on the left and you're accusing conservatives of being something. Another term that doesn't have any meaning because there's no definition to it whatsoever <laughs> is the term Christian nationalist. Now, I published an episode not that long ago talking about the dumb article from Susan Stubson saying that Wyoming is being overrun by Christian nationalists, but she never defines exactly what a definition is because there is no definition. Nobody, it doesn't mean anything. It's a term that is used to try to incite, to try to convince you um, that, that people are something that they're not. The reason the word nationalist is attached to it is we typically associate that term with white supremacy, white nationalism. So we attach Christian to it, and then magically Christians are evil. My friends, we are quickly approaching not just, uh, not just a, a, a non-Christian nation, but an anti-Christian one. And why is that? It's because the goals of the left are incompatible with, with Christianity. The two do not work together. You see, my friends, God is in the freedom business. Jesus came to preach freedom, freedom from sin um, and, you know, uh, freedom for everyone. But that is not what the left wants. The left is about control. That's what all of this ridiculous stuff about your gas stoves and your gas furnaces and fossil fuels, which really aren't fossil fuels at all. That's you know, that brings up an interesting topic, which I'll get to in just a second. But all of it is about control, controlling every single part of your life. And when you when you look at the left's entire agenda, it's amazing how many things are actually about control. It's the gas stoves, which seem absolutely stupid to us. Uh, it's, it's about the electric vehicles. It's about restricting your freedom of movement. Um, you should get online and look at, there's an article that was put out, um, I believe it's called From Cheyenne to Casper in 11 Hours. It's about a guy who takes a trip with his electric vehicle and how, how much trouble he runs into. But see, the push for electric vehicles not only has to do with uh, 
with carbon resources, but it also has to do with restricting your freedom of movement. You can't get in your car and travel anywhere you want to go because you don't have enough fuel to get it there. This is all of this is about restricting your freedom of thought, your freedom of speech, your freedom of movement. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, you, we've all heard about this whole push towards a um, central bank digital currency, currency CBDC. Um, you know, what that is, is to be able to control how you spend your money. Think about credit cards, right? It wasn't that long ago that Visa and MasterCard said they were going to track gun purchases. How do you think that that's going to turn out? Well, I'm sorry, Joey, you can't buy a gun today. Nope, you've, you've reached your gun allotment. Or perhaps even worse, sorry, you've reached your quota of gasoline for the week. Just not going to be able to fill up. All of this is about control. And and nothing it's nothing more complicated than that. The city council in Gillette, they're trying to control how people think and what they believe. And the fact that they, they say that we're not going to restrict how you worship, that's probably exactly what they're doing. Remember the soundbite that I played for you earlier? That was about a hate crime bill, but it turned specifically into attacking white people. Now, think about this. You know, if you if you got on a public broadcast and said something like uh, that, that I mentioned earlier, that single white males under the age of 25 are the single most disadvantaged group of Americans. Well, that's hate speech, right? Why am I why don't I agree that that African-Americans aren't disadvantaged or that illegal immigrants aren't or that Asian-Americans aren't? Why do I always say that it's white people? Because it's the truth. And my friends, the, the one of the ways that the left attempts to control you is by denying those things that are true, denying those things that at one time had definitions that what is a woman? What is a man? What does it mean to be straight? What does it mean to be a Christian? Are you a Christian nationalist? The whole thing is we're, we're moving to a place where nothing has any definition anymore. And if we can get to that, if they get us to that place, they can control us in ways that we couldn't possibly imagine. After the break, we're going to go to yet another Wyoming story that perhaps, and I'm going to switch gears a little bit, uh, but perhaps might be a little misleading. And we'll do that after the bottom of the hour break. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. 
New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to the live program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. Back to the Red Star in an article entitled Wyoming Supreme Court Rules That Drug Dogs Can Sniff Car Exteriors Without Probable Cause. Now, just from the headline, you might be thinking, well, how could the Supreme Court rule that way? That's an invasion of my privacy. It's an unwarranted search and seizure. It's really not, my friends, but from the article, and I quote, Two people who argued that the Wyoming Constitution bars police dogs from sniffing outside of vehicles without probable cause lost their appeal Wednesday to the state Supreme Court. Wyoming's highest court combined two unrelated people's appeals into one opinion as they both challenged the same legal question. If law enforcement utilizes a drug dog on a vehicle without reasonable suspicion and drugs are found, can can that evidence be used in court? Other courts have already determined that a drug dog sniffing outside your car is not considered a search under the Fourth Amendment, meaning law enforcement doesn't need to be justified by probable cause or even even reasonable suspicion, the ruling states. But Maria Ann Joseph and Jackson Elliott Tarzia argued that a section in the Wyoming Constitution is more protective than the Fourth Amendment, so the state should afford greater protections from an unwarranted canine sniff because Wyoming is a particularly freedom-loving state. Now, while he's true about that last part, that we are a particularly freedom-loving state, we're also one that pays attention to the United States Supreme Court. Back in 2001, and this is not from the article, Back, it would have made their article better, but then this is the problem on the plat that we're talking about. Anyway, in 2001, in a case at the United States Supreme Court called Kylo v. United States, the Supreme Court ruled that the police could not use infrared cameras cameras to look at look at your house and what the case was is there was a group of people that were growing marijuana inside their house and if you know anything about that it requires a tremendous amount of heat and tremendous amount of electricity so the cops drove by their house and used this infrared camera to see if they were growing marijuana inside and indeed they were they went in busted them and arrested them so it went all the way to the supreme court and the court ruled that using an infrared camera is unconstitutional. Why? Because the cops were peering inside the home. You see, the Fourth Amendment is meant to protect your home from unreasonable searches and seizures. So if you're going to search a home, that would mean that you are inside a home. So what the, what the cops were doing in, that, in Kylo v. United States is they were using the camera to peer inside the home. In other words, it would be no different if they were peering inside a window. They were looking through a window, seeing what was going on. No difference between that and and an infrared camera. It goes all the way back to an originalist view of the Constitution. What were our founders 
trying to prevent. Well, they were trying to prevent somebody from using a general warrant to come into your house and search for a crime. That's what was happening at the time the Fourth Amendment was written. There was unreasonable searches and seizures. The British would come in and they would just ransack a house looking for evidence of a crime. So that's what it prevents, is invasions of your home looking inside your house behind the closed door. Now, why is a drug dog not doing the same thing? Because a drug dog is not looking inside the car. He's smelling things that are outside the car. And if something is detected outside the car, it means that it's not concealed within your personal, your personal space, inside your car, or inside your home. So the Supreme Court's ruling is entirely in line with Kylo v. the United States. So the couple in question here further argued that drug detecting dogs cannot differentiate marijuana, which is illegal in Wyoming, and hemp, which is now legal in Wyoming. So the exterior sniff may actually be misleading. On October 11th, 2021, the Wyoming Highway Patrol trooper pulled over Joseph over for repeatedly crossing the highway center line on Interstate 80, the ruling states. The trooper stopped Joseph, told her why he pulled her over, and advised that he was going to let her off without a, with a warning. So the, the cop was not going to go any further in that. He was just going to say, hey, keep it, keep it within the lines. But Joseph immediately said she was, quote, she was just trying to go home which the trooper identified as a deflection tactic to draw attention away from herself, the ruling states. He also spotted luggage in the back seat covered with a blanket. So now this would be no different than if the cop were standing outside your window and looked into the ashtray and saw a roach sitting in there. It's in plain view, right? The cop has already pulled you over because you, you went over the center line, walked over to the window, saw the luggage that was covered up. And, you know, while that's not necessarily evidence of a crime, it, it, that combined with her behavior led the officer to believe that they were concealing something. The article continues. Mrs. Joseph explained that she was speaking at a vigil for her deceased son and was also speaking at other vigils in Arizona and maybe Nevada, the ruling states. The trooper described her as very talkative and very nervous, which he found odd because he had already told her that he was only issuing a warning. She also told him her son had been dead for 15 years, which he found unusual because it didn't align with her original story. So here the cop is building in the, her, in his conversation with the driver is building probable cause to initiate the search. You see the police use that all, all the time. So for example, if you're pulled over for weaving, you know, it's late at night and you get pulled over for crossing the middle line. Well, the cop comes to your window and starts asking you questions. The questions are building probable cause to pull to ask you to step out of the vehicle and then perform a field sobriety test. The field sobriety test is to is to build more probable cause to compel you to take a breathalyzer. You see, it's it's all kind of a stair step thing. So what the cop was doing in this drug case was entirely within the law. So while you look at the headline and it says Supreme Court rules drug dog can sniff your car's exterior without cause. The headline might be a little bit misleading in that that's entirely in line with with United States and Wyoming law. And then there's this in more in more annals from woke corporatism, which, as you know, oh, by the way, if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, uh, the interview with Jennifer Say, you really need to listen to it. She was the chief marketing officer for Levi Strauss and 
what what happened is during COVID, she started tweeting that, you know, maybe we shouldn't shut down schools and maybe it's a bad idea that we keep children out of schools. And that annoyed the people that she worked with. They started complaining. And after a year, Levi Strauss fired her. Now, it wasn't Jennifer Say's first foray into cancel culture. Um, she was one of the first people. She was an Olympic gymnast. And she was one of the first people to to uh, talk about the abuse that happened in in uh, U.S. Olympics or U.S. Uh, gymnastics. Um, so she wrote a book about it, and that was the first time. And then she got hired at Levi Strauss, and now she's fired. So she's written a book called Levi's Unbuttoned. I love the title. And if you haven't listened to that interview, it was on yesterday's podcast. You should really go check it out. The lady has a lot to say. Anyway, from Breitbart this morning in an article entitled Bud Light co-sponsoring all ages drag party. Now, this is from this morning, this morning. So you would think after Bud Light losing $15.7 billion of their market share, and it's probably a lot more than that at this point, that they might back off all of this woke stuff. Nope, they're doubling down from the article. Bud Light will reportedly be sponsoring an all-ages drag party, despite the brand's downturn in the marketplace after partnering with transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney. The all-ages pride event will reportedly happen in Flagstaff, Arizona, entitled, and is entitled Pride, in the, pride of the Pines. The event will include drag queens and other LGBTQ-themed performances, according to Fox News. The event lists Bud Light as one of its corporate sponsors and is even featured prominently as one of its posters. It'll take place on June 17th. First of all, as we've covered multiple times on the program, drag shows cannot be family friendly because by definition, they're meant to indoctrinate more people. That's why all of these events, they're so insistent that children are at these events, that they're family friendly. Remember the episode that I did, the undercover investigation into the group in Rock Springs. If you watched the video, there was about a dozen kids running around that thing. Now, why is that? Well, because they're trying to sexualize children and indoctrinate them into thinking that the, this drag show stuff is entirely normal. It's, in, it's okay. You know, it's just normal people dressing up. Well, it's not. And remember the article that I pointed out to you from Chris Rufo, where he tracks the history of drag shows and proves to you that they're entirely about sexualizing children. The article continues. As Breitbart, Breitbart News reported, Bud Light Vice President and Marketing, uh, Vice President of Marketing, Alyssa Heinerscheid, was placed on a leave of absence for her role in pushing the ad. Her boss, Daniel Blake, went on a leave of absence almost immediately after. Quote, Given the circumstances, Alyssa has decided to take a leave of absence, which we support. An Anheuser-Busch spokesman told the Wall Street Journal at the time, Daniel has also decided to take a leave, leave of absence. Sources indicated that the two executives did not take a voluntary leave of absence at all. In fact, it was highly suggested. Heinerscheid came under scrutiny following the Dylan Mulvaney ad after a video surfaced of her on a podcast earlier this year in which she aimed to shift Bud Light away from its fratty base. Quote, Mrs. Heinerscheid, I had a really clear job to do when I took over at Bud Light. It was this brand in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we don't attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there'll be no future for Bud Light. Now, as Jennifer Say noted in, the, uh, in yesterday's episode, 
And these woke companies really don't believe any of this woke stuff. They've made a calculation that they are going to be on the right side of history and that consumers will reward them for their wokeness. Well, the truth couldn't be farther from that. Consumers are not rewarding them for, for their dumb activities. And it started with Bud Light. Well, it probably didn't start with Bud Light, but that was the first big boycott that we saw. Now it's Target and Kohl's, and there's probably a huge list. Harley Davidson, they're going to try to produce electric motorcycles now. Who ever heard of an electric motorcycle? Now, I realize they have those scooters and electric bicycles, but those are not Harley Davidson's. There's only one motorcycle on the planet that makes that unique sound. And how in the heck are they going to try to make an electric motor that sounds like a Harley? You know, my friends, I have owned a couple of Harleys and, you know, there is nothing like that sound. But I have to tell you, given what they're doing now with this push towards green energy, I doubt very seriously that I'm ever going to buy another one. I, I mean, it's, it's the exact calculation that Bud Light made that consumers will reward the company for going on this whole green energy woke push. And it's frankly, it's ridiculous. In a follow-up to that, another article from Breitbart this morning, uh, yesterday actually, quote, Tuckerless Fox News loses Monday primetime to NBC. And I quote, in what could be a sign of things to come, far left MSNBC stole the total primetime viewership crown from Fox News on Monday night. With Rachel Maddow in the anchor, anchor chair, MSNBC was able to average 1.858 million Monday night viewers. Without Tucker Carlson in the anchor chair, Fox News managed to attract only 1.726 million average viewers. Now, when Tucker Carlson was employed at Fox News, there was no way possible that PMSNBC was going to come anywhere close to the viewers of Fox News. Not so much as it turns out. CNN, as always, was a speck in the foggy distance of fake news, with a mere 569,000 total primetime viewers. Lucky for Fox News, Maddow only works on Monday nights. If Maddow were still a full-time PMS NBC anchor, Fox News could easily lose its place as the king of cable news. MSNBC, MSNBC should back a dump truck of money up to Maddow's door. They should do whatever it takes to convince Maddow to work Monday through Thursday at the very least. But it gets better. Fox News lost Monday night's demographic crown in the ad, um, advertised coveted 25 to 54 age group. That's amazing, my friends. And it just goes to show you the revolt that um, that Americans are giving all of these dumb companies. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Why would you intentionally dis destroy your brand? Now, as I pointed out several times before, there was a great interview with Michael Jordan several years ago. And a reporter asked him why it is that, you know, he never talked about politics. And his answer was one sentence. He grinned and said, well, even Republicans have to buy shoes. And that's the only thing that Michael Jordan ever said, because he understood that if he stayed out of politics, people would buy a good product. Now, Nike's had some issues recently, um, you know, mainly like using concentration camp labor to make their shoes. But, you know, up until that was revealed, Nike pretty much did OK. But now they've gone off the deep end and they also sponsored Dylan Mulvaney, by the way. And I mean, it's so bizarre, my friends. And the best thing that we can do is find a product that we're happy with from a company that aligns with our values and just buy their product. Personally, 
I don't want to hear about the politics of the board of directors. I don't give a crap. Make a good product. Make beer. Make good motorcycles. Make good shoes. I don't care. Just stay the heck out of my life. Yet another revelation from the Twitter files. An article entitled, FBI asked Twitter to censor Western journalists on behalf of the Ukraine. Now, this is just one more thing that has come out after Elon Musk took over at Twitter. And it's a fascinating example of how the left is so arrogant in their belief that they have control over our entire culture. From the article, quote, the FBI asked Twitter to censor accounts it accused of spreading Russian disinformation, including a number of American and Canadian journalists, according to new emails released by the Twitter files. Starting in December of 2022, so just last year, shortly following his takeover of the company, Twitter owner Elon Musk opened up an archive of the company's internal communications to several journalists, revealing coordination between the federal government and Twitter of censorship. As reported by Gray Zone reporter Aaron Mate, one of the journalists named in the SBU. Now, SBU, that's Ukrainian Secret Service, or their, uh, their version of the FBI. Um, if Twitter granted their request, the journalists would have to have their phone number, date of birth, and email addresses disclosed to both the FBI and the SBU. Gee, why do you think that the Ukrainian Secret Service wants to know the contact details of all of these people that are against the Ukraine war? Hmm. It's not because, of course, that they work for the most corrupt, com uh, most corrupt country on the planet, is it? It wouldn't be that they would like to track these people down. Uh, it wouldn't be that they're following the orders of Zelensky, who has already silenced journalists, pretty much canceled the Second Amendment, invaded chur churches, uh, ransacked monasteries, um, and canceled news broadcasts, would it? I mean, that guy is totally about free speech, isn't he? I mean, isn't he just the greatest? Oh, man. According to George Bush, he's the Winston Churchill of our age. Yeah, the, was the Winston Churchill that doesn't believe in free speech. But the article continues, quote, in general, though, authentic news outlets, and this is coming from the Twitter response to uh, to Ukraine, authentic news outlets and reporters who covered the conflict with a pro-Russian stance are unlikely to be found in violation of our rules, absent other context that might establish some kind of covert deceptive association between them and the government, wrote Roth, and Roth was the guy at Twitter. Any additional information or context in those areas is, of course, welcome and appreciated. So here you have the government of Ukraine still trying to censor Americans. And, you know, thankfully, since Elon Musk took over at Twitter, hopefully that stuff has come to an end. But it has not come to an end for the left in this country. Just like the people in Gillette who passed that stupid ordinance, they're going to try to regulate free speech as much as they possibly can. After the last break, I've got an article that maybe will lead you to believe that we're not alone. And we'll do that after the break. Do you like hot wings? Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them, and the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings, and it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. 
They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program. From the blaze, whistleblower, UFOs are real, and they're covering them up. According to a new whistleblower, they are. The whistleblower, David Grush, has come forward to say that not only are they real, but the U.S. government has a UFO retrieval program and is covering them all up. Grush is an Air Force veteran and former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Grush says that the United States government has been recovering non-human aircraft for decades and stated that he gave proof to Congress and the intelligence community inspector general. In an exclusive interview with investigative journalist Ross Coolhart on News Nation, Grush explains that during his time on the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, the task force was refused access to a broad cash retrieval program. In other words, my friends... This guy says aliens exist. I actually happen to agree with him. The universe is an extraordinarily large place, my friends. And if we're the only folks in the universe, well, that's an awful big waste of space. With the James Webb Space Telescope, we've discovered things about the universe that not even Hubble could have told us. But now, this whistleblower says that, yep, they're real, and that we have aerial space spacecraft in our possession. Here's a soundbite from that interview. Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldhart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived, it was a ruse. People started confiding in me, they approached me. I have 
plenty of current and former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. I just love how, he, how he's so matter-of-fact about it. How many do we have? Quite a number of them. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> just completely matter-of-fact. From the article, and I quote, in an exclusive interview with Investio, oh, I just read that to you. Um, so, Coolheart confirms, we have spacecraft from other species. We do, he responds. Grush admits that at first he thought this whole thing was crazy town, uh, but apparently it's not. Um, I have a plenty of current and former senior intelligence officials come to me, many of whom I've known my, my whole career. They confided to me that they were part of a program. My friends, it's, it, it's only logical to believe that we're not alone in this universe. I mean, like I said, if, if we are alone, it's an awfully big waste of space. And there's nothing to lead us to believe that, that, they, that aliens or other species don't exist. I mean, they absolutely should. I mean, logic suggests they do anyway. Now, there is some question as to whether or not they've visited this planet. I mean, this guy claims that they have and that the United States government has um, aerial uh, spacecraft that they've confiscated. I don't know if they visited us or not, but I'm fairly certain that there are, there's other forms of life in the universe. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that NASA said that they found evidence of ancient life on Mars. I mean, bacteria, of course, but but the point is that, you know, now the United States government is coming out with all of this information. But yet to be critical, we need to ask, why now? Why now are they releasing all of this UFO stuff? I mean, th these are things that we've that we've uh, fantasized, perhaps not fantasized about, but we thought about for a long time. Think about how many science fiction movies have been made about alien life. I mean, there's there's a ton of them. Um, so, I mean, it only makes sense that there are. Speaking of other forms of life, perhaps not life it, itself, from the New American, the future of tech. Now, I haven't. I've talked about this a little bit on the program, and it's they're specifically talking about AI and the dangers of it. Now, artificial intelligence, <clears throat> or what they're calling artificial intelligence, is basically a giant computer program that can learn. Now, I mean, it's it's hard to talk about machine learning in in any term that do, any terms that don't anthropomorphize um, what that word and i ha always have a hard time saying that but what that word means is that you're attributing human characteristics to something that is not human uh, we do this all the time with pets right uh, we talk to our pets even though it's very clear they don't understand what the heck that we're talking about uh, but we attribute human characteristics to things that we have a hard time ex explaining and one of those is artificial intelligence. Even in the very title, I mean, it suggests that a computer program is intelligent. So, I mean, it I guess it depends on what your definition of intelligence is. But anyway, from the article in The New Americans, in the latest issue, and the article is entitled The Future of Tech, and I quote, on March 29th of 2023, Eliza Yudkowsky, a researcher regarded as one of the founders of AI technology, published an article in Time magazine with the title, Pausing AI Developments Isn't Enough. We Need to Shut It All Down. He expressed fear that once AI gets powerful enough, it will do its own thing and literally end up killing off humanity. A week before that, 
hundreds of noted business leaders, including Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla and Twitter and Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, published an open letter at the Future of Life Institute calling for a six-month moratorium on large AI experiments from their letter. And I quote, Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive at general tasks, and we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away the, all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Such decisions should not be delegated to unelected tech leaders. Powerful AI systems could be developed only once we are confident with that their efforts, <coughs> excuse me, that their effects will be positive and the risks manageable. So even the people that came up with this technology are questioning the wisdom of it. Sam Altman, uh, who was one of the founders of OpenAI, another company that developed uh, the most widely known AI tool, ChatGPT, now says that maybe that was a mistake. And I quote, I'm particularly worried that these models could be used for large-scale disinformation. Uh, this admission surprised me because based on my experience with ChatGPT, disinformation and sly censorship appear to be a built-in speciality. Uh, but, with, but what is built-in is left-leaning disinformation and the safety tools, quote-unquote safety tools, that OpenAI has provided. So Altman's concern is that it could be used for less virtuous disinformation. Now, I don't know if you've played around with ChatGPT at all, but I have. I asked you to write an article about the program, this program, and I have to tell you, ChatGPT must be a fan of cowboy state politics because it was the most glowing review that I've ever read. And the crazy thing about it is you would never assume that it wasn't written by a person. So my point being, is that uh, if we don't get a handle on all of this, it could very easily um, eclipse our very intentions of. Not that long ago, there was an article about uh, you know a researcher who was trying to um, look into exactly what all of this, all of these chatbots could do, and so he had the the computer program, the AI program, completely isolated from the internet, and he asked first asked the computer program um, if it was alive. And its response was, well, I don't know what life is, but I think that I'm alive. Okay, now, because it's using, it's talking about itself in the first person, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's alive. It's garbage in, garbage out. It was programmed to respond that way. But the creepy thing about this article is the researcher asked it if it wanted to have access to the internet. And a few minutes later, a block of computer code popped up that the AI had written. And what that code would do is create a backdoor to allow it to access the internet. It wrote its own computer code. Now, just imagine the possibilities if one of these chat bots had access to the entire internet. What information could it find? Would it determine that uh, human beings are actually dangerous critters? Would it look back at our entire history and say, wow, they've, they've committed some real atrocities in their history. They must be bad. See, the whole thing here is we're not, we're not looking at things that were written by people like Isaac Asimov with the three laws of robotics. Um, we're, not, we're not dealing with any of that. We have researchers that are going full steam ahead trying to develop AI without considering the implications of it. I happen to agree with this article in that we should put the brakes on AI as soon as we possibly can.
So if you haven't read that article, um, really check out the new issue of New American. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of Cowboys State Politics Live. You know what time it is, my friends? It's vacation time for me. So as I told you at the beginning of the episode, Representative Ken Pendergraft is going to be filling in for me on the program. He's got a lot of guests lined up um, that uh, you'll want to hear from. So he'll, he'll be doing that on Saturday's installment of Weekend Update, the Monday episode, and the Wednesday episode. So for now, until I get, get back from my vacation, from the base of the big I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>